The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. Happy hump day. It's it's good morning. It is Wednesday, December 6th. And today is Rico. You ready for this? It is Mitten Tree Day. It's also Mitt Romney. Oh, God. Stop it. It's also National Day of Remembrance and Action on Violence Against Women. National Gaspaccio Day. Spacho, Spacho. He says, "Adam says it's Spacho." Taylor Green there. Uh huh. Yep. MT MTG. And it's also Saint Nicholas Day. On top of National Miners Day, and that's right, we can't forget about these guys. It's also National Pawn Brokers Day. So shout out to all the pawn brokers because you know that used to be the American credit system before we had banks and all that good we stuff. We should bring it back. We should bring we it should. back, man. We should. But thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on that little bar and uh, see where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And now we are also streaming to Twitch. Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. So welcome to everyone joining us from any of those audiences. And apparently Rico has a hot cup of tea today. Republican tea. I got, Rep- I got some uh, conservative tea. You like that? You I like, like that. that. This conservative tea like tastes better because you know why? It's made of liberal tears. Yes, that's right. We're sipping on some this morning. Yes, we are bringing it to the party, Luke. Yes. But coming up first, it is the dope dad himself, the tea sipper. It is Mr. Rico Lameet. Oh, yeah, Jason. So uh, my headline today is from uh, Ben Adlin and Marijuana Moment. Uh, Six governors push Biden to ensure marijuana is rescheduled by the end of this year. Six U.S. governors sent a letter to President Joe Biden yesterday in an effort to get cannabis rescheduled to Schedule 3 of the Controlled Substances Act by the end of this year. Governors J.B. Pritzker of Illinois, Kathy Hochul of uh, New York, Phil Murphy of New Jersey, Wes Moore of Maryland, and John Bell Edwards of Louisiana were led by Colorado's Jared Paulus in, an, in making an argument that they say will provide economic and tax benefits for cannabis businesses, uh, protect public health and more closely align government policy with public opinion. The governor's noted that recent uh, Department of Health and Human Services recommendation to reschedule comes on the heels of 38 states creating their own state markets and regulatory systems, and that many of the benefits of rescheduling would be economic, an area Biden's, uh, the, that Biden could definitely use a boost in given recent poll numbers. It's now been more than three months since news leaked of HHS sending recommendation to the DEA that cannabis be rescheduled as a Schedule Three drug. The joint letter, see what I did there? Joint letter. I see that. Comes at a critical time for the Biden administration as the fatigued president's been losing support due to his own Democratic base's criticism of how he's handled national response to crisis in Gaza, continued monetary support of the war in Ukraine surging migrant numbers at the southern border, all while most in the nation fail to see or experience the alleged benefits of Bidenomics on an ailing U.S. economy. Can I get the sad trombone there, Jason? 
Look at that, bro. Production at work right there. You like that. You yes. like that. In addition to all that, um, a number of national polls tracking uh, voter sentiment for the 2024 election show the octogenarian trailing a four-time indicted wannabe dictator addicted to deep orange-hued spray tan in head-to-head matchup hypotheticals. Could a positive public response to this letter and an end-of-year push to reschedule cannabis be just what the doctor ordered? Or will he forget the letter was even written and let an ever-opportunistic Trump campaign take up the cannabis issue in yet another stolen glory moment for the ages? I have no idea. <laughs> Why do you think that I'm asking you guys? But I will tell you this much. I am Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street, Riot 9 News, and I will continue to talk my shit about both sides of this dumpster fire of a presidential election cycle as the drama unfurls. Jason? Yeah. What do you say? Oh, man, you know Joe Biden. President Biden is going to sleep all the way on this one. He's going to go nap time. The caretakers are going to hold him up. I don't think that this shit is going to get done before the end of the year. He's only got a few more days left. <laughs> in life? Yeah. I oh. think he's saving that that in the bag of carrots for the election time, maybe. I don't think it's happening before 2024. It's, it's, not, happening, it's not happening this year, I can tell you that much. Maybe next year. They, they I think it's a, I think it's a layup for him to take up this issue issue, especially if Trump has not taken it up yet. Um, they need some kind of positive sentiment. They need some kind of positive energy uh, for this base, and I think cannabis is something that will definitely energize them. But um, even if rescheduling is not so, what you're it, saying uh, that cannabis doesn't make you. Want. You're saying cannabis doesn't make you lazy since it'll re-energize them. Um, Just want to make sure we're on the same page. I'm not saying that. that okay. boy, you will. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, but, but you guys, you guys saw, saw how energized everybody was when he made that bullshit statement about you know uh, about pardoning everybody and, and freeing all the fucking prisoners, which he did not do. Everybody was hyped up mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, they were, and it did nothing. If he just says something about it, they're going to get hyped up and they're going to be energized. And he's missing this opportunity if he doesn't. Go ahead, uh, uh, Luke. Please explain to me what Bidenomics is because I didn't think he did anything for the economy. I didn't know we had a system. I thought it was just kind of willy It's made up, Luke. It's, yeah, Bidenomics means you're going to pay more for everything. Hey, that's not malarkey. That's a catchy name. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jack, catch that Jack! Oh man! <laughs> well, you listen, guys. hey Rico, just I, I'm, maybe we could go back to the tapes, but forgive me if I'm wrong. But didn't you with Gretchen that it would be Schedule Three by end of the year? Um, he said a lot of things. I don't oh. know if he remembers. Who? No, no, no. I don't, no, even, no. I don't even know if, if he knows what those things do that he said are going to happen. No, Lucas. Um, Lucas saying, didn't you have a bet with Gretchen? That it would be descheduled. Oh, yeah. That it would be rescheduled I, I had, before the end of the year. I, I had two bets. That's one of my hundred dollar bets with Gretchen. I go Gretchen ain't here right now, but I will be hitting her up later. I, that's mm-hmm. one of my bets with Gretchen. The other one was that safe banking was not going to be passed uh, um, after the uh, by the time of Congress getting back in session, and it wasn't. So uh, um, Gretchen owes me two blue faces. Oh, next time I see her. I'll, I'll, I will be in D.C. Uh, at the top of the year visiting family, and I will show up to her front door. And what the fuck is up? Because I know her pit bulls do not fight, and they do not bite. They, yeah, that's right. They're, they're softies. <laughs> yeah. You just throw just, a little steak over the QR door. Code, bro. Just hold up your Venmo QR code right now. She's watching. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, you guys that's are that. funny. You guys are funny. Cash app, Venmo, yeah. all that. Gretchen, I know you're watching. Run me that um, money. Yeah, so. we love you, Gretch. Listen, but I, I think you were a little off on the prediction. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, I I don't understand why these governors are pushing Biden to reschedule cannabis. I think it's ridiculous. They don't know what they're talking about, Jason. I know this. That, that That's my point is is they're 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 clamming around around uh, around policy that just doesn't work for the uh, for the industry. And they're they're trying to get all the MSOs bought in on it because they're like it's going to get rid of 280e and all the mer- all the cannabis publications are all hyping it up and promoting it and da 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 and all they're doing is spewing a false narrative to the overall public. I, I don't know, man. Um, uh, Joe Biden and um, I'm trying not to make the um, the jokes about his age and everything, but um, he's just looking very very beleaguered as of late and very very so tired. Beleaguered, and, and, beleaguered, huh? 
That's a he, cute he, word. He needs, a, he needs a win. He needs a win, and the Democrats need some kind of energy because um, – I don't Donald know Trump if he's just out there talking, just, just talking whatever shit he wants to talk. Why are you doing a where you can't run for president after a certain age? Like, you have to be able to live through your term. Like, this um, is ridiculous. How to amend the Constitution. Yeah, that's but yeah. we need to. Yeah. We all know how, how the Republicans feel about amendments mm-hmm. and, uh, and any, any type of movement on the Constitution. Uh, um, it's, it's just not going to happen. I don't this see it is, happening. This is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. Is when the when these when the Constitution was written back then, people didn't live until they were 85 years old. Rarely. I mean, you had a few of the founders that lived into their older age, but generally speaking, people did not live, you know, past like the 50, 60 year range. So you really didn't have people in office holding public office that controlled the laws of an entire country that maybe had some scruples that were weren't all there so i'm not saying that about biden but what i am saying is that once we get to a certain age our mental capacity begins to diminish and i believe when you reach the age of life expectancy which is 70 for a man teetering on that area that's just my opinion very 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 well said and plus those guys anybody that's in that age range including your best friend trump they don't know what's best for us going into this future. This is un- uncharted times. Yeah. We need young people in there. Anyway, these they got a foot and a half in the grave already. How could they possibly be in touch with what's happening out here in the day-to-day real world? I don't know. I and think every bit all. of information that they get is through somebody else's filter, somebody else's lens. I don't know. I, I think. I think. So I, think I think. I think the whole nation. I think. Government. I think everybody outside of Congress agrees. That um, that we should not be letting all these super old folks uh, run our country, um, and uh, this is this is not taking sides of uh, anybody on any of these like you know uh, wartime uh, um, um, issues that we're dealing with right now. But um, the responses to both Ukraine and what's going on in Gaza do not resonate with the majority of this country. And if we and if we are going to get into these uh, wars and, and meddling in, in other countries and, and their affairs, um, um, we should get the sentiment from the country first, uh, because uh, we we need to close the border. Uh, n- number one, we need to handle everything that's going on, on the border. Number two, we need to handle um, all, all this violence and everything in the streets uh, that that we're dealing with at home. And if we can't get that done. Why do we have these old ass people that are running this country uh, continuing to talk about other shit that's going on that has nothing to do with us? It does not have a direct effect uh, on us right now. You know what does? Cannabis reform. You know what can help out with this opioid, this quote unquote opioid crisis? Cannabis reform. And and, then stuff like that needs to be pushed, uh, pushed forward. And instead of uh, instead, it just keeps on getting uh, turned into the can gets kicked down the road time and time again. Mm hmm. I say burn it down. Of course you do. Anarchist ways. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no growth I, like new growth. I, I, I think I think you you stated that very 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 uh very very nicely, Rico. And on that, we're gonna go to a commercial, and we're gonna be right back. Sick of the December cold? Then fly out to Miami in December for Turk Basil. December 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Presented by Sherbinsky's at Skatebird in Miami. With tons of your favorite brands in attendance for this four-day event. As well as High at Night News as one of the media partners. With live performances throughout the week by Dead Prez, Mayday, Visions Band, and Washi Fire. So, do like the birds and fly south to Miami for Turk Basil this winter, December 7th through the 10th in Miami, Florida. Up next is the uh, Hyatt Nine Head Honchos, known for smoking the best weed in the world and his unwavering support for day one dictators. Stop Jason it. Beck. Greatest president America's had and should have been our president right now. We wouldn't be in this crazy mess right now. See, exactly. I saw the eye roll, Rico. I saw Big that. News. I saw Big that. News. I saw that. But I'll tell you what. Ohio, Ohio is in the news again today because a Republican representative who supports legal marijuana in Ohio has his own plan to implement issue two. That's right. There's a new bill in the Ohio House to implement the marijuana law voters a- approved back in November. 
This bill is sponsored by a Republican lawmaker who has been a longtime supporter of legal cannabis, and he doesn't make as many changes to the voter-approved initiative as some other proposals. Representative Jamie Collender, Republican from Concord, said his bill would keep much of the voter-approved provisions intact. In a quote, he says, I want to make sure that here in this chamber, the people's house, that we carry out the will of the people and the people have spoken, Calendar said. But Calendar said his bill addresses some concerns for legal marijuana opponents that he thinks are legitimate. In quotes, I want to respect those that have been opposed to this issue from the get-go. They have brought up some valid points that I think we can address and remain in the spirit of what the people passed, Calendar said. What the bill does is it aligns with Ohio's ban on smoking in public places so pot could not be smoked in any place that currently prohibits tobacco. Uh, It limits advertising so that it does not market the products to children. And it adds a 10% tax on marijuana cultivators as well as a 10% tax on retail sales. It keeps a home grow provision that allows up to six plants per person and 12 maximum in a household, but content, but contains what Collender calls guardrails to ban many pot farms. And Collender said his bill does not change the THC allowed in products and said the proposal represents middle ground on the issue. Collender said it's important for lawmakers to keep two concerns in mind that Ohioans plan, Ohio's plan needs to be reasonable and attractive so Ohioans don't continue to go to Michigan to buy cannabis. And the law needs to be significant enough to tamp down the illicit market. Can lawmakers reach a consensus on a plan soon? Well, I'll tell you what. One House bill on pot is more restrictive, allowing communities to ban marijuana sales, and the Senate is debating its own bill uh, that makes changes to issue two, including banning home growing of plants. Uh, That bill got more than three hours of testimony on Tuesday afternoon, and advocates, industry members, and medical customers like Anthony Riley cautioned that they believe some of the bill's regulations could send Ohioans to illicit markets or out of state. In a quote, we're trying to do this the Ohio way. We already lost in football. Why do we have to lose in cannabis, Riley said. <laughs> Several billboards advertising associations also took issue with a restrictive on with a restriction on ads, and Collender said he can't support the Senate bill but said uh, there is bipartisan support for his plan, though so far no Democrats have signed on. And for his part, Speaker John Stevens, Republican from Kilts Hill, doesn't have much to say about the marijuana proposals as of right now. In a quote, there are a lot of different ideas that are going on uh, about it and will continue the discussion, he said. And he walked with reporters in a state in the state house hallway issue two, the newly passed marijuana law goes into effect Thursday, December 7th. And Collender said he doesn't think his implementation plan or any other under the consideration could be put into effect before then. Well, 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 I think this is great news and I'm glad to see uh, uh, Republicans standing up for home grow and some reasonable courses. I think the tax rates are a little erroneous, but whatnot. But uh, I'm not based in Ohio, so I'll see what you guys have to say. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. Adam, do you have a sound for these Republicans? Members? There we go. When Republicans do good, we give them an elephant. Mm-hmm. Trap always wins, Jason. The trap is definitely going to win in Ohio with what they're trying to propose for sure. This uh, 10% on cultivation and 10% at the retail, that's, that's an extra 20% that people are going to have to pay, and they're not going to be happy when they're paying it. I, I would just like to note, my comments last week have just been validated. These motherfuckers are mad that they lost to Michigan and they're taking it out on the people. It is. It, they are yeah. definitely mad that they lost to Michigan. <laughs> they, they are really mad about it. <laughs> that is for sure. They don't want you going to buy weed in Michigan. They don't want you having nothing to do with Michigan. For real, I caught that. I'm like, damn, they're really fucked. Like, they even, he even said it in the press release. Like, yo, we're stopping the people from going to Michigan. Like, God yeah, damn. They're serious. We already about lost it. to Michigan on the yep. football field. Now we're going to lose to them in cannabis. Yep. Uh, y'all ain't getting nothing. None of y'all what y'all yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this points out that Republicans can be as crazy about tax and regulations as Democrats can be. And I point this out to many of my friends on both sides. You piss and moan as a Republican about tax and regulations and you can't run a business. So you give them their head, okay, make tax and regulations 
and 10% for cultivators, 10% for the retailers, and the regulations are tighter than a, well, I won't say it, but. Oh, come on, no, Dale, say, like, it, say, it, say it, say it, say it, say it, Dale. Say it, Dale. Tighter than two yeah. coats of house paint. Something like that. You know, do your short on exam before you insert. But the, um, the problem is that they keep trying to sneak up on this without admitting that if we don't compete openly with the trap market, by taking away as many of the regulations and taxes as we can to make weed safe but relatively cheap. You can't beat them other than economically. Mm -hmm. so stop all this nonsensical little rules here and there and blame the other side for being more rule-oriented. Both sides are fucked up about this. They don't want to let the market compete and give people the chance to go out like a regular business. If you can't do it, you fail. Mm -hmm. That's what the trap does. If I can't make it in the trap market, I fail. That's and right. You go in the corner, somebody's got weed for you. It ain't yep, from Michigan. It, mm -hmm. And if your prices and your product ain't right, somebody gonna beat you out to that spot. That's somebody right. Gonna take your motherfucking client. Exactly. They're gonna Let's gobble go. it up. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like Pac-Man and that bitch. Exactly. Exactly. All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep this train train rolling. We're gonna move right on into Mr. Dale Schaefer, who is the founder of our model law practice, and at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime. That's right. The two time felon turned into a lawyer that's right is none other than mr dale schaefer uh, good morning everybody i've got a um a tale from alabama that uh, has come up so many times across the country especially in social equity situations from law 360 headline is alabama pot company sues regulators over rescinded license okay now, typically dealt with this in city situations in California. They want to do social equity. You put out your parameters of social equity, how many licenses you're going to give, you start the application process. And we've even brought in outside companies to do the numbers, you know, who's meritorious over who else. Okay. Well, in Alabama, they decided they're going to give out four processors license at the state level. So apparently, they promulgated regulations about how this is going to work. It looks like they hired a company to rate the applications. And then it turns out that they threw all the, the rating numbers out, reasons that they don't say in here, but, you know, I can read between the lines. <clears throat> and the company that's suing, they're called Enchanted Green LLC. They're suing the Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission. Another one of these acronyms for whoever at the state level runs the cannabis in the state. And this company um, filed their thousand paid application. They actually got one of the four licenses in the first round. The state went, oh, no, we've got a problem here with a company that's grading them. So they rescinded the licenses, came back again, and they got a license the second time. They actually paid their $40,000 fee. So in terms of rights, <clears throat> this smells like they have a vested right to that license, okay? Once you've been given it and you pay the fee, what's left to do to get your license, okay? This is where these pissing matches come out. If you're trying to apply for a permit that's discretionary, you don't have a whole lot of rights until the permit gets granted. We've had that battle here in California and every place they do social equity where someone doesn't get a license or permit, they go to court and sue. On this case, the state gave them a license, took their $40,000, and then went, hold on for a second. We're going to now do an emergency regulation, and we're going to now require an in-person meeting with the commission. Okay? So these companies all went in, and it turns out that this company, uh, Enchanted Green, tied for fourth. Okay? And so what they did is, the, okay, you tied for fourth. Somebody pulls out a fish bowl with some pieces of paper in it. A commissioner pulls one out, and the other company got the license. And it didn't seem like anybody in the commission knew what the hell they were doing. But after this, the other company got the license. And they still haven't given it back to $40,000, okay? So they sued them. Now, this is a complaint, and I, I want to just remind people, a complaint is let's throw every bad thing I think they did into a piece of paper and, and accuse them of it. We haven't heard back from Alabama. They also sued every commission member, so they got a whole bunch of people at the party. Um, they will fight this, but I think the problem they have here is that the license was given to them 
they paid the fee and then they went, hold on for a second, we're gonna pull the license back. In the cases I've been involved here in California, their discretionary permits, they haven't been given the permit yet. They just didn't win one of them, so they run to court and fight about it. This is gonna be interesting, and anybody across this, the country who's getting involved in the cannabis industry early on, where they're offering social equity, things like that, learn from this, because these are shit shows from the gate. Okay, people are paid to stand there and be a straw man that you know qualifies for social equity. They fight over everything. Money gets passed under the table back and forth to these goddamn politicians. We end up with a mess. And again, you walk around the corner and you buy your weed from the trap. Because the trap always wins. Oh, back at you guys. What do you think about this? Man. Oh, man. It's like, trap. Man, it's like, it's like, it's like here. You want this? You know, you know that commercial for the insurance and it's the old man with the fishing pole and the dollar and he's like, he's like trying to. Here, here you go. Here you go. Like that. That's basically oh, okay. what they're doing right there with the license right there. They're doing that exact a, thing. Move. I, 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 just, I, just I mean, think that's a beautiful analogy, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's crazy that um, they awarded this license and they took it back. They took that shit back. Yeah. I mean, it's like dirty, dirty, dirty. But what about what about the? They didn't even delay it. They didn't even delay it and try to be like, oh, 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 you know, uh, we gotta wait. We have to uh, reconfigure some stuff behind the scenes. They they actually gave it out and they they rescinded. They took that shit right back. Mm -hmm. Dude, this is this is this is insane. Um, I mean, Alabama, Alabama has laws similar to we have in California that if you're gonna have a meeting to change laws, you have to have an open meeting. And so they're acute. They're in federal court. They took this. They took this shit to federal court and said, "You violated the federal constitution, our due process rights. We had a vested property right in this license. We paid your ass for it, and you took it back without due process. They mm-hmm. didn't give them a chance to go, you know, comment on the regulations, be it a, a hearing where they're gonna, you know, let's get a fishbowl and throw some fucking pieces of, you know, paper in there, and that's how we're gonna fix the tie. That it's just it's crazy to me, but. The federal constitution is applicable to states. If you have a property right, this is going back to the Magna Carta. The king can't take your property right away from you without due process. So this one is going to get interesting, but the cautionary tales for everybody trying to get into social equity, watch these son of a bitches because they play sleight of hand with you. Next thing you know, you're standing there holding your dick and you don't have a license. Mm-hmm. Or for females, they're for nannies. Hell, none of these uh, people yep. play crazy. card monty. I mean, let's go. Right, here, here, Your here, license here. is under one of those cones. Here, 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 base, here's basically what Alabama is doing right here. Here you go. Oh, that. you almost had it. Oh, you oh, oh. Quicker than that. You got to be quicker. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically that, that's basically what Alabama is doing with that license right there. But what about this fishbowl, bro? What about this fishbowl? Do we know who whose names were actually written on those little pieces of paper in there? Because this this definitely party sounds like party. a it sounds like a swingers party to me with the fishbowl. Well, you said experience, Jason. I, I, that's I've one of their complaints. It's like who came up with this idea? Yeah. How do we know everybody's names on a piece of paper? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just it was nuts, and it was like it was a little shell game being played here, and it just makes you wonder did someone slip somebody some money? to have what was before number five that didn't get a license to now become number four and push this other one out. Because that's the dynamics mm-hmm. here. The number five person won the slot. I'm willing to bet. You I'm, just have to wonder. I'm, I'm willing to bet that that uh, that the person the person that won was probably the only name written on every single piece of paper, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Been known to happen. To yeah. The person that won yeah. paid yeah. the person who picked. Oh, that's why they call it pay to play, Luke. That's why they call it that. Yeah, I, I bet I bet all the answers uh, that uh, to the questions that we're asking could be found in Sarah Huckabee Sanders podium. <laughs> Why would it be Sarah Huckabee Sanders? She's the governor of Arkansas, not Alabama. I thought she was Alabama. No, no it's same no, shit. No, wrong. It's wrong. close. <laughs> yeah. It's epic fail, Rico. Epic fail. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know yeah. uh-huh. should smoke some weed. She might be a nicer person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you know who is from Alabama, though. Do you remember Bear Bryant? Do you remember Pete? Do you remember Pete Sessions was from Alabama? I remember Jeff yeah, Sessions. Uh, yeah, 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 Jeff yeah, Sessions. Sorry, sorry, Jeff Sessions. Yes, thank you, thank yeah. you, Luke. My bad. 
Yes. Um, gotcha. No. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Sessions. Attorney General. Yep. He was a former Attorney yeah, General. Yeah, used to be yeah, a, a, the, a the, senator. The Alabama, yep. Yeah, the uh, the KKK sympathizer. Oh boy. He was yeah. dropped on his head a lot as a child. That was he his said, problem. Yeah. They he also was almost arrested that uh, child. Would that, rather have that, the uh, KKK around than cannabis. Yeah. That's what. Was that was a direct quote from Old Sessions. What was that? I totally remember that. Sessions yes. had a direct quote that says he thought cannabis was a bigger problem than the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That was literally that was like a few years ago. That wasn't like in the '60s or something. That was like yeah. 2020. That was like when he was yeah, a, when and, he was uh, AG. And, you're saying, and, and, and uh, yeah, and I, I think we should all we should all go back to uh, uh, Donald J. Trump saying that he hires only the best people and keeps the best well, people in, around in, him. In Trump's defense, he got rid of Sessions pretty fast, but. I think he realized he was he had a wing nut under him too, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he got, got he got he got rid of a uh, uh, Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions recused himself <laughs> from. Yeah, that he, was why. As mm -hmm. he should have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't down with the rest of them to to to, to lie and to obstruct uh, uh, any kind of justice on that level because he knew that it would end up on his ass. Mm -hmm. That was the reason. Uh, yeah, make attorneys get attorneys. Fish bowl. MAGA stands for fish bowls yeah. in Arizona. I like that. I oh like boy, that. we're gonna go to a commercial. Like we're gonna that. be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Apparently, I was supposed to stand up for Trump right there because he did actually free pop prisoners. But OK. All right. There you go. Are you happy, Rico? There you go. Here, here, yeah, here. I am happy go. now. All right. He didn't free me. Not, he did not free you. No, but I do know others that he did free. Um, he but didn't, he didn't directly but you, Luke, free you. He freed Corvain. He did free Corvain. He freed Corvain. The, yep, free the, well, the bill that no, he well, he didn't free Weldon. He well, pardoned him. He pardoned well, and that 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 is that is free because you're not you're not out on 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 clemency. Yeah, what but I'm saying, Obama is who let. It was under the Obama administration. Yes, that Weldon. Was he was originally originally released. My, my, yes. Yeah. And then pardoned by Trump. Correct. But my my point is this though: is I wasn't directly freed by Trump, but I was freed by the First Step Act, which was passed by Trump with some arm yeah. twisting at the end when McConnell wouldn't bring it up for a vote. However, that legislation was a bipartisan bipartisan legislation that was been crafted for years and finally was able to push over the the finish line, and it had both sides' input in it. However, yeah. it would not have passed without Trump. So you, we do have to give him credit there. It is the only prison reform bill that's ever been passed. There right, we go. Yeah, shout out, shout out Van. What the situation is with it, but it did happen. That part shout is out true. Van Jones and Kim Kardashian as much as yeah. everybody Van hates Jones, them. Kim Kardashian <laughs> yep. cut 50. Yep. Uh, yep. Senator Cory Booker, Mike Lee. There was a, a Mike, Mike, Mike Lee was the crux of it all. Mike Lee was the crux. Yeah, there. Yeah, it, it, Mike Lee. It was very influential for Mike Lee to come out yeah. because a lot of people in the party really support Mike Lee and what he does, and his leadership in that area really did was mm -hmm. effective. I will give yep. Mike Lee credit where credit is due. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But on that, make sure that you hit the like button and make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed to the channel already. And all the articles that we cover on today's show, you can find on our website at www.hyatnightnews.com, where you can go and read, engage, and all of that fancy stuff. And um, we, we, we may be moving at the beginning of the year. We're, we're not sure. We're, 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 we're figuring out. I had a, had a call last night. So uh, we're going to throw in our other channel into the chat. Make sure that you subscribe to that channel. Hi at 9 News, all spelled out for you guys. No numerical, just all, all words. And we have a commercial. The Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh yeah, 
right, Jason, you know who is up next. That's He's a right. man from the great purple state red. of Texas. It's really red. <laughs> who decided Delta 8 dab sashes were the future of that state, so he mm -hmm. hit the high road. Coming to this <laughs> stage. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Uncomfortably beautiful white man. <laughs> Stone Slade. Yeah, boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Was that planned? I don't know. Uh, but thank you anyway, I think. Uh, good morning, everyone. Today, my story, like Rico's, discusses the proposed reclassification of cannabis to a Schedule 3. This uh, will include a little insight from legal expert Michael Rosenblum. The U.S. has seen several significant milestones in cannabis le legislation in recent years. Notably, 24 states have legalized adult use cannabis and over 40 states have implemented medical marijuana programs. President Biden has mentioned pardoning approximately 6,500 federal cannabis convictions, urging state governors to follow suit. And as we all know, Health and Human Services has recommended to the DEA to reclassify cannabis as Schedule Three substance, moving it away from its current Schedule One status, which it aligns it, as we all know, with drugs like heroin, LSD, characterized by high uh, abuse potential and no accepted medicinal value. Benzinga reached out to Michael Rosenblum, a partner at Thompson Kogum LLP, and an experienced figure in cannabis law to understand the impact of these changes. Rosenblum highlighted the significance of reclassifying cannabis to set Schedule 3, stating reclassifying cannabis to Schedule 3 means that federal government no longer views cannabis as among the riskiest drugs, although cannabis would remain a controlled substance. Rescheduling would uh, reduce the obstacles faced by businesses and consumers. He noted this change would particularly benefit cannabis businesses by offering tax relief concerning the IRS Code 280E. Rosenblum also addressed the difference between descheduling and rescheduling cannabis. He explained if cannabis were to be descheduled, which we all want, it would no longer be listed as a controlled substance like alcohol or tobacco and would be subject to fewer restrictions. However, he believes that descheduling is unlikely, while reclassifying cannabis as Schedule 3 would happen before the 2024 presidential election or even sooner. Rosenblum's vision for an ideal cannabis reform includes removing cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, preserving, preserving state authority over cannabis regulation, allowing interstate cannabis transport, expunging past nonviolent cannabis convictions, and imposing a low-level excise tax on adult use sales to support small cannabis businesses and enforcement against unlicensed operators. The discussion also covered the Safer Banking Act aimed at improving banking's access for cannabis businesses. Rosenblum pointed out that the act, while beneficial for small and mid-sized operators, would have a limited impact since it does not legalize cannabis federally. He uh, emphasized that the Safer Banking Act would be valuable, but its impact will be somewhat limited given that it does not legalize cannabis federally. This might not be much help for retailers facing ongoing challenges with payment methods. He also highlighted the act doesn't resolve major industry challenges like access to capital and uncertain uh, listings of U.S. cannabis companies on major stock exchanges. So as we wrap up, it's clear the proposed reclassification of cannabis to a Schedule 3 is a crucial step forward. While I, in my heart, know that cannabis should be descheduled, Michael Rosenblum's insight offer a deeper understanding of the complexities involved with scheduling. But I do like his, his idea for a, an ideal cannabis reform does make sense. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt 9 News Hour. Oh man, rescheduling is going to be so bad, so bad. Jason, don't, don't you start you your rumor mongering again, bro. It's true. It's not a rumor. It's true. Yes, you are. You have no basis in no evidence for what you're, you're going to spew right, right now. I hundred percent you do. Hundred percent I do. You have you have the. Uh, oh my God, the. Uh, I, want, I want you to do the debate. Let's let's have a debate right now. We're going to have go. a debate right yeah, now. Yeah, let's throw down. Okay, Jason, Jason you have two minutes, minutes, sir. Really? Me? You want me to start? Okay, no problem. No problem. Two minutes is a long time. Yeah. Wait, I don't know if we have enough time we'll on the show talk. for all that. But the, 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 the thing about it is this, is every single product is 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 consumer package good within within cannabis and you have the F food drug and cosmetics act which actually regulates all of those products and therefore cannabis would every single product in cannabis would fall under that and the fda regulates everything by the molecule not by the actual compound and since they already have drug preclusion on thc and cbd 
every single product will be deemed an illicit product. And not to mention Schedule 3 drugs have to be uh, dispensed at pharmacies. And I don't see states all of a sudden turning dispensaries into pharmacies for the sake of that. So I think we're all screwed. And it's not worth getting 280E if you're not really going to be able to have a, a real business. Okay, um, so basically what you said is that the computer, the CPGs, which is the consumer packaged goods. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, no, I'm saying all products, all products because the FDA already has drug preclusion okay. on THC all, and all CBD. All cannabis products would become illegal is what Correct. you're telling me. Yep. So the same as they are right now. No, differently, differently, because the thing oh, about it, d d different type of illegal, because there would be a different agency of oh. enforcement. Currently, the FDA so doesn't have any enforcement. Is, hold on, hold on, Luke. Hold on, Luke. Hold on, Luke. Let me let me let, me let me explain this to you so you can you can get a couple wrinkles in your brain real quick. So basically, basically, when you have the when right now, as it being a schedule one drug, the FDA has zero jurisdiction over cannabis because cannabis has zero medical value uh, as far as it being classified as a Schedule One drug. Who has jurisdiction over it? Only the DEA. And we have the okay. DEA curbed with the Rohrabacher-Farr Amendment, which is now the McClintock, McClintock uh, Blumenhauer. We have the DEA curbed in states that are legal with people who are following state law. That's Let's every. That's, that that's, that's 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 that's. It, no, it, it actually covers all all all, all cannabis in in, in, in no, more ways, and no, I can no, I can no. go read into the, that. Read the, read the amendment, sir. I, I understand I, that, but it's appropriations bill, and appropriations bills are written so broadly that they can't actually actually even spend money to investigate whether a product is is, is from that or not. So so it actually kind of covers everything all the all the way no, around. It, it, it lists the states out, Jay. It lists the states where that you're protected. If you're in a state that's not protected, you are smoked by the DEA, Dom. Look, look. Either way, Smoke however you want to, however you want to frame that, I don't, I, I don't care about that because that's not the point. The point is, is that we will have a new branch of government to curtail us, which will be the FDA, and they love to send out letters. They, they've done it to tons of different cannabis companies that are were involved in the hemp space um, already for you know over the past few years, and so it's going to just end up happening again. Yeah, people are going to get screwed. The U.S. Attorney has sent us letters. The DEA has sent us letters. Yeah, the FDA. I've gotten I've letters. gotten letters from the Office I mean, of the Attorney General. Those are the scariest ones. Um, my point is this. My point is this: is that cannabis is federally illegal. Cannabis goes to Schedule 3. Cannabis is still federally illegal. You can go to prison for cannabis right now. If it goes to Schedule 3, you could still go to prison for cannabis. So the, the idea that somehow it's going to change like the whole dynamic of the state dispensary system just doesn't make any sense. Now, eventually, you're right. Eventually, we can go through FDA clinical testings, get stuff approved, then have it decimated throughout pharmacies I there's not there's that, not one single the, company on the road, there's not one on single road, company that's going to be able to pay to get their their products through an fda screening there's there's not one uh glaxo well won't and pfizer well the, i think they those those, those are not cannabis companies those would become cannabis companies once it happens when it goes into schedule three because you're basically giving they, the pharmaceutical they, industry the cannabis industry i would, I would argue with down it. the road you will see those individuals involved yeah and down the road you will see a hybrid you already, we, we know we already we already do Luke. we already do uh, i would argue that pfizer is is a cannabis company they hold a third of all Patent. the patents in the industry yeah, already absolutely. you're 100 correct rico but i'm giving jason the benefit of the doubt of saying they're not actually physically involved right now but you're right they're, they're not plant touching right. companies currently they are sitting on the sidelines waiting uh, they for the are uh, 6.8 billion dollar investment in arena pharmaceuticals last year would argue separately jason that they are plant touching now I don't know. I'm not buying that one, but I don't know. I, I think that from a practical standpoint, the executive branch can change the scheduling. They have the power to do that. The DEA has done it before. You don't have to go back to Congress. If you're going to deschedule it, you got to change the Controlled Substances Act. Now, right now, the Congress can't agree on shit, so I don't see that happening. I, I hope the courts take this and, and look at Schedule 1 and say, no, there's no way Schedule One's applicable and just remove it, throw it out. Now the Congress has to do something to put it back in. I, okay. I, I, I don't see them doing diddly. When we brought it before court, uh, Dale, is is that's exactly what the, the angle that we tried to argue before it. And, I mean, the courts aren't really backing that argument right now, unfortunately. Well, but I've been part of that too, Luke. And what happens is you're stuck in the administrative runaround. So you go to court to try and force the next step in the administrative process, and you try to bring up, hey, this shit don't belong in Schedule 1. 
mean, we had that trial here in Sacramento, Luke. Okay. I, mean, I, use, um, I actually, and I they actually would have not... people who are involved in the IND program on my list to be called as witnesses so that they could testify to the fact that cannabis had medical efficacy and, uh, mm -hmm. and then to give us the medical necessity defense. And the judge basically said, I'm not even going to let them come into the courtroom. Well, because it's irrelevant. In the, re in the regulatory scheme that you're stuck in, where the DEA says, oh, okay, file us a piece of paper and give it to us. They sit on it for three or four years, and finally you take them to court and say, judge, force these son of a bitches to sign this piece of paper so I can go to the next step. And you want to bring up Schedule 1, and it's irrelevant in that situation. There are some cases now where they went right at Schedule 1 in court. So it's going to be before the Supreme Court. Is this constitutional? And they can't meet the criteria. So I'm hoping the court throws it out. And then they have to do something. If, if cannabis is out of the scheduling because the court threw it out, somebody's got to do something with it. I mean, the trap's always going to win. But if you want to make it legal somehow, semi-legal, the Congress has to go back and deal with it. And there's no way the debacle of uh, 1970 or even 1937 where there's bullshit stated and there's you know, it's just nonsense how we got to where we are right now. I don't think it's going to fly anymore. There's too much people, too many people watching them. We all know weed's not dangerous, doesn't cause cancer, that you don't jump off buildings trying to fly like you, you know, it's just nonsense. I agree. There's no way that it can stay out of Schedule 1 if you go by the criteria. Wow. Um, but that... I, again, like the courts just aren't backing us on this, Dale. They're not, they're, they're basically saying... It doesn't matter how many clinical studies you have, how many anecdotal stories that you have about the medical accept medical efficacy or the accepted medical use in the United States, that until the DEA says it's an accepted medical use, or until the FDA says that it's an accepted medicine, the judges won't buy it. Mm -hmm. Well, but Luke, again, this is the problem. If you bring it to court in the regulatory scheme, then the status of cannabis is irrelevant. And that's the battle we had. I mean, I was part of these cases. I've been there. I've seen it. I've talked to the attorneys who put the witnesses on. My friends have testified in these cases. And so now they have brought a direct attack at the scheduling, not through the DEA, not, you know, giving us our permission to go to, to the next level of study. But this is bullshit. You can't satisfy the requirements. unconstitutional to be here. I think the court, and especially the Supreme Court we have right now, Clarence Thomas is ready to hit this shit out of the park. Yeah, shout out to Clarence Thomas. Say no. mm -hmm. It's done. Get it out of here. Shout out to shout Clarence out, shout Thomas. Shout out to Harlan Crow. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Harlan Crow. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Luxury all day. Yes. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Yee! Shout out to Smoky Vanilla. Shout out to Smoky Vanilla. That's right. Coming up next, she's a mom. She's a cannabis industry executive. And that's right. She's an edibles judge for the Emerald Cup who wants to show you how a motherhood and an executive lifestyle all go hand in hand. And she's not feeling amazing today. So we want to give her some love because she's she's still here showing up, making it happen. That's right. It is none other than Miss Mandy Tingler. Good morning, everybody. Bear with me if I have a cough or something in the middle of my story. I am coming off of Las Vegas COVID. So oh boy. Uh, here we go. My article headline reads, Marijuana dependence is increasing amongst VA patients, particularly those with psych psychiatric conditions. 
says a study published last Wednesday in the American Journal of Psychiatry found that marijuana addiction has risen among veteran affairs patients since 2005 with vet with veterans or excuse me with veterans with psychiatric disorders seeing greater incidences and increases marijuana is legal for medicinal use in 38 states and recreational in 24 as well as the district of columbia and two territories but 20 to 30% of people who use marijuana will develop some sort of cannabis use disorder, according to this article. Researchers examined Veterans Health Administration electronic health records from 05 to 2014 and also from 2016 to 2019 to determine the prevalence of cannabis use disorder. They found that veterans with bipolar and psychotic spectrum disorders had nearly doubled the prevalence of the diagnoses than those with anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, or depression. The study did not delve into why the diagnoses are on the rise, but Dr. Ofer Levine said that a number of factors may have contributed, including changing attitudes towards marijuana and legalization of marijuana in many states. During the first time frame, the greatest increases in cannabis use disorder diagnoses were seen in patients under age 35. But beginning around 2016, rates rose significantly for those older than 65. A study published earlier this year found that state laws on medical and recreational marijuana played a significant role in increases in cannabis use disorder diagnoses, especially in older patients. The more recent study was not found without its limitations and relied on data from electronic health records that could include disparities in diagnoses. The Senate approved a bill that would allow VA doctors to recommend medical marijuana in states where it's legal. The bill must survive a conference between the two chambers. Studies on the effectiveness of marijuana for treating veterans with PTSD have shown mixed results, and most scientifically rigorous studies show the most scientifically rigorous studies showed no significant reductions in post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms between a placebo and cannabis. The VA recently stepped back from <laughs> conducting research on cannabis as a potential treatment for psychiatric conditions in veterans and encouraged researchers to study other drugs, such as MDMA and psilocybin, to treat mental health conditions. Now, you guys, many of you know I've shared that I have a bit of a mental health background. I spent many years working with patients who had PTSD, anxiety, all sorts of mental health um, challenges. And um, one of the things that I will tell you is that there is a DSM, a Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, that assists clinicians with diagnoses. And that book is always evolving. Every couple of years, there's a new rendition that comes out, a new updated version, because our ability to diagnose um, and our, our, our training and um, clinicians' abilities to identify things earlier on has become more significant. Same thing in, in the medical world, the same reason why we can catch cancer earlier on. Um, these sorts of things are, are being diagnosed probably far too much, far too loosely. I think that if you're explaining cannabis use to your physicians at this point still in our society, we're we're really seen as stoners still because these clinicians don't really understand. But I'm going to go ahead and leave it right here and see what the rest of my correspondents think about this exciting or bootsy mm, study. <laughs> it's a truckload of horse shit, Mandy. Exactly. I mean, I, I have butted heads with psychiatrists over this many, many times. Everybody on this show would be diagnosed with a cannabis use disorder. I Absolutely. guarantee you. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the thing here is that people are just probably starting to feel more comfortable sharing their cannabis use with their clinicians. Mm -hmm. they, they probably have been using it all along, didn't share it, didn't get this diagnosis. And now that they are feeling like it's okay to be more open and transparent, they're getting the label. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, traditionally, to be diagnosed with a use disorder, you had to have the use of that substance having major impacts on your life acti activities of daily living, going to work, being able to feed yourself, take care of your responsibilities, okay? And when you take cold medical records and try to figure out, does somebody really have a problem getting up in the morning, getting to work, I think you're just pulling shit out of thin air. 
And there's bias built into this that when you confront the psychiatrist with the bias built in, they start, you can tell their butts puckering by the look on their face because they know it's bullshit, okay? You need to do targeted studies where people are comfortable telling you exactly what I do, okay, which they're not with the VA because the son of a bitches will castigate you and put in the records that you've got a use disorder of something. Next thing you know, your benefits are all fucked up. So people are not going to be honest about this. That's the part of the problem. And to, you know, to, to repeat what we were told by uh, Mark Twain, there's lies, damnable lies and statistics. There's no goddamn way 30% of the people who use weed are addicted to it. I, the 10% number I, I was taught years ago, I thought was still too high. Now it's 30%. How's that? It's, it's and, bullshit. And just because you like it doesn't mean you're addicted to it, right, Dale? No, it has to do with it having major impact on your activities of daily living, your ability to go to, to, go to work. And if they were to take the criminal consequences out of this, you would find very few people with substance abuse disorders for cannabis if you weren't going to jail or the threat of this. And a lot of drugs are the same problem. If you made them legal, then a far fewer people would have real substance abuse problems. Because you get pinched, now you got problems getting to work because you're fucking in jail. You can't bond out. The whole thing goes downhill. Not because the substance had you addicted, but you got pinched with it. That's just, it ruins the whole analysis. Those are all facts. Those, you have anything to say on this, Luke? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing with it, right? Is we have these situations where the, I mean, this whole this whole article is propaganda, right? Mm -hmm. We have it, you have these stats that become misquoted and taken out of context, where you say these individuals that have uh, these mental health issues, right, um, have a higher tendency to use a lot of cannabis. Well, how about let's just backtrack and say maybe the VA isn't doing what they're supposed to and these people are self-medicating because they have severe PS PTSD. I mean, that's just a, the first question I would ask. Mm -hmm. The second question, the second point that I want to make here is like a lot of times we get these skewed statistics of like, I just read one that said um, in states where cannabis is still illegal, rehab numbers are through the roof. Well, that's, they are through the roof because the court, once you are in uh, justice impacted with cannabis in one of those states, the courts make you go to mandatory rehab. Most of these rehabs are filled with 80% of these people that have cannabis use disorder, some BS like that, and they're forced to be in these rehabs, and that's the bread and butter of that whole entire industry, so it's going to continue to happen. You have to really analyze these stats because they are super skewed super misleading and if you listen to propaganda like this news article at military.com you'll be totally misled mm -hmm. um uh what, what was that term you said justice what justice impact justice impact i haven't heard that before justice impact we coined that profit is, brands oh is that a profit impact. brands okay all right all right i thought it was from the i thought it was from the wokies for a second but okay all right good i'm glad to hear that it's from profit brand i'm with it mm -hmm. justice impact I can work with that. I can work with that. And he, so I guess I guess we're all in agreement that this is a total propaganda piece. I think that we all we all everyone Stone, you have any thoughts on this? You're on mute. You're on mute, Stone. There you go. No, you got you got problems. Mandy speaking. Oh, he's got his. Can't tongue. hear Mandy. I can hear Mandy. I was listening to Mandy. Bro. Mandy was Mandy was talking about Luke's program. <laughs> Mandy was dropping knowledge, bro. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy hit it. I was just saying that Luke actually created this really cool oh, program. It's called the Justice Impact Program. It's in collaboration with um, Glasshouse, and the Profit Brands is a big supporter of it. Obviously, you can also access um, information about it um, through ProfitBrands.com. But um, the whole entire premise of the program is to help individuals who are currently incarcerated um, against a cannabis crime and or their family members to um, determine whether or not they could be eligible for some of the new um, amendments uh, to help them get out and also to help match those individuals who do qualify up with legal support. Um, so it's, it's actually really a cool word, a phrase, sounds, and I'm very I, proud I, of it. I, 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 I <laughs> can get with it. Justice. 
the the phrase actually was was coined by Mandy, so I'm gonna give her 100. Oh, shout out to this man. We actually, you know, it 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 hits home. It's the tone is right, and it's a term that we want to kind of use more than people who were incarcerated, convicts, formerly incarcerated. You're just justice impact. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm with it. And I know we're I know we're running out of time. We want to make sure we have enough, enough yes. time for Luke to drop some science on us too. Because you know who's bringing us home again? It's the author, activist, entrepreneur, OG trailblazer, warrior for justice, and MJ Award recipient, Mr. Oh, Luke yeah. What you got for us, Big Luke? Yeah. Uh, not the MJ Award recipient, but the MJ Award presenter. And that was super fun, man. Shout out to uh, David Tran and the MJ Awards. They, they, they would not have no MJ Awards if it wasn't for you, Luke. That's what. That's, that's, that's my. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. That's right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate <laughs> that. And really, the, the full vibe from the industry and the love from the industry was super welcoming and overwhelming. Man, that's why I. That's why we did what we did for this plant is because the people in it are so great. But. I'm not I'm going to some people that aren't so great right now and that's the prohibitionist. You know what we're doing. It's Wednesday, so it's your neighborhood outlaw correspondent mm-hmm. coming to you live and direct from Sacktown, the Bay Area and back down. So here we go. Troopers seize 800 pounds of pot during a traffic stop. Man, can we get the trombone on that real quick? There we go. There we go. A cross-country trip ended with a man in custody after investigators said they found more than $3 million worth of pot in his vehicle. Arkansas State Police arrested 33-year-old Rene Rodriguez of Brazil following a traffic stop on Monday, December 4th, on Interstate 80 in Lonoop County. According to the news release from the ASP, the trooper detected a strong smell of marijuana and searched the vehicle, finding six suitcases filled with 869 pounds of illegal high-grade cannabis. ASP estimated the street value of the drugs on the black market to be $3.6 million. Rodriguez reportedly told investigators that he was driving from California to Miami, Florida. He currently is being held in Lanuke County Detention Center on charges of drug trafficking, possession of drug paraphernalia, and other unspecified charges. ASP said more charges could follow an investigation by the Criminal Investigation Division. <sighs> well, we know that this stuff happens all the time. We cover it once a week here on the news. Um, 800 pounds, you can see it right there. Listen. If you're if you're in Miami, just tap in with my boy Magics. He got he got a brand out there. I'm sure he's in the store. Like you don't have to smoke that stuff in black garbage bag brick weed that was probably some old outdoor coming from Cali. Like listen, go to the legal market, boom it up, support your local businesses. It's cool, Miami. You guys got some some heat over there. You don't got to worry about that totes full of black trash bag weed. That looks like some stuff that we used to get back in like '89, and it was bricks and it was seed. And it was terrible. So, yeah, man, listen, shout out to uh, Renee. Hopefully you can bail out, bro. Uh, hit Mission Green if we can help you out with anything on, on some attorneys or maybe just some advice on, on what to do in that situation. Arkansas isn't going to have a lot of love for you. The South, we're still kind of trying to bring them out of the dark ages, but they're coming with us. Uh, I'd like to hear what my fellow correspondents have to say about this. This is Luke Scarmazzo coming to you high at nine live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke, did they hopefully, give you? Hopefully his, hopefully his case file doesn't get lost in uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' uh, um, podium. Now you finally got the state right. There it is. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Um, uh, Luke, did they give a valuation? On on the weed, I know they said eight hundred yeah, pounds. Three point six million. Three point six million dollars. Eight hundred sixty nine pounds. So I'm not sure what that works out to, um, but it's what that's a lot. That that that's a very high 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 valuation right there. Let's see. Let's see. I'm gonna do some math for you. Original land races, all of it. <laughs> Divide. Feel illegal I mean, to do that, I, I so you better be more careful than that. That's forty five hundred dollars a pound, Luke. That's forty five hundred dollars a pound. That's what's going for in Arkansas, bro. And four prices. That's forty five hundred a pound, bro. And like that stuff doesn't look like it's like that fire, fire, fire. Like like you said, it looks like. Hey man, they be getting it in low rock, bro. 
I mean, it said it was coming from California, so everything everything comes from California. Yeah, that's true. And I hope he wasn't breaking more than one law at a time. It got him pinched here. Are you saying like he should have been wearing his seatbelt, Dale? Or or make sure he didn't have sovereign citizen license on his or something like that. No, don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> Calling weed on your best behavior. Yeah, yeah he should. He should have made. He should have made sure the dimensions were correct and uh, had them all as carry-ons. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh jeez, Louise, you guys. Yeah. Of course. But hey, you know what? Yeah. That's what that takes uh, the 800-pound gorilla to a whole new level. Exactly. Oh, I see what you uh, did yes. there. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for joining us for yet another episode of High Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to a super fan showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen. Our live audience members and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos also known as the developing cannabis industry to our vetted correspondents tuning in from all over bringing as much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table especially mandy tingler for being such a trooper today coming in with the vid <laughs> and still dropping science on us all to our production team cloud media partners adam doing big things with the rusty trombone today <laughs> hold on you should you should, you should, our lights on. You should see what this guy did he's made some been making some shit I can't wait, man. I'm, I'm going to drop in. I'm going to drop in. Uh, so keeping the lights on and our AV struggles to a minimum. As always, Cannabis CTV L, the reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you, too. Uh, it has been Wednesday, hump day, uh, December 6, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it's enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Snow slayed er. <laughs> That's not what you did there. Yep. <laughs> what you got for us today, man? Take us out. Hey, stay open, stay curious, stay high, and remember that the only constant in life is change. Have a great day and keep tuning in to the High Nine News.